KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. I'm going to take things down a little bit because I have a very special guest in the studio, Katie Williams. Katie, you are an iHeart employee. I am. That's exciting. You've been in the building longer than I have. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of cool. But we're here on a somber note because I wanted Katie to come and tell her story a little bit and talk about her book because it will lead me into something that I think is very important. And it is how we discuss news events where somebody who is obviously suffering from depression uh, takes their own life, whether that is somebody, uh, a high-profile person or not. And I have been doing a lot of research, Katie, and finding that one of the dangers of reporting these kinds of stories is that it actually increases suicide rates. And I know you're well aware of that. Right. But you have a personal story of loss that you've turned into something very positive that I didn't want to ignore. Thank you. So tell me about your book. I started, so my brother died. He died by suicide at age 17. And a year later, I started journaling just to help myself process and get through it. And I was convinced I would hide this journal under my bed and never show anyone. And about three and a half years after writing, I was encouraged by friends to publish it to help others. And so now that's what I've been doing. I've been sharing the warning signs so that other people can recognize them and save a life and publish this book to show people you're not alone and there's hope and you can get through this just like my family did. And before we talk, and there's lots of good wisdom and you were a really smart 17 year old. I just want to say. Thank you. (laughs) You didn't edit it and like turn it into grown up woman words. I wanted it to be raw, unedited as much as possible to retain the voice of yeah, myself is a, it's a beautiful teenager. book, and I've been reading it bit by bit beside my bed. And before we get into the warning signs, and you're here partly because it is Suicide Awareness Month, and this is the problem, is that we want people to be aware, but we also don't want to at all glamorize this. You know, one of the ways to shape human behavior, one of the best ways to shape human behavior, if you're trying to get them to recycle more or eat healthier, is to create social inclusion. In other words, the stars do it, the cool people do it, people like you do it. But the dark side of that kind of behavior shaping is that when you talk about people who have taken their own lives, you can increase suicide rates. So let's go over some of, I like to call them the rules for media, and this is all research-based. Science has looked at this closely. Um, When the media provides sensational coverage of the suicide, descriptions of the suicide that provide how-tos for people, not good. We shouldn't do this, of course. Um, And when we speak highly of the person who died, who was released from their pain, another vulnerable person out there might hear that and think, oh, they'll talk nice about me after I'm gone because they're not doing it now. Right? right. It's unfortunate. It is is a hard thing. I mean, use, for example, um, how the New York Times covered the death of Kurt Cobain. They did it the right way. Their headline was, Kurt Cobain, hesitant poet of grunge rock, dead at 27. L- years later, when news broke of Robin Williams... You couldn't control the internet. And somebody made a meme uh, depicting Disney's Aladdin character saying, you're free now, genie. And consequently, within the three months period of that meme being created, suicide rates went up by 10%. Yeah, it's not good. After Marilyn Monroe died, they increased by 12%. So celebrity 
suicides, of course, outsize this effect. So we have to be really careful because there are vulnerable people out there. And the more exposure to media reporting of people taking their own lives, um, the more it goes up. So let's focus on helping. If you're listening, if you have yourself intrusive suicidal thoughts, especially in a period of a few months after the suicide of somebody you admired, like a certain Swedish DJ, um, you need to reach out for help. You need to call a suicide hotline. You need to get to a doctor. You need to let people around you know what you're feeling. So for those of us who are on the outside of that, that's my message to those who are suffering, to those family members and friends, what are the warning signs, Katie? Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to talk about it. I'll just start with the hotline because as you just mentioned, anyone that is starting to think about suicide or if you've heard someone say they might take their life, this hotline is not only if you're thinking about suicide, but also if you want to help somebody who you think might be thinking about suicide. And this is the phone number that Logic Song made so popular. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255, 24-7. It's national, so they can direct you to local resources. 273-8255. That's right. And yeah, just as far as warning signs, it's it's ironic almost. So my brother used to say, well, I'll just kill myself, you know, and I never took him seriously because I thought it sounded like a throwaway line. Right. Right. And I thought, oh, you're you're young. You know, it's just he was 17. I thought you're just having a moment right now. You're upset about something. It's going to go away. You're not going to feel like this tomorrow or later today. So one of the top, you know, one of the main things to be aware of is people saying that they're going to take their life, a feeling of being a burden to others, hopelessness, feeling cornered, feeling like there's no way out, and then behavior. So that's if they talk about it. And then there's behaviors. There's things like isolating from family and friends, increased use of drug and alcohol, and even things like giving away personal possessions, making phone calls, setting your affairs in order. All of those are warning signs because it's somebody that is really taking their last steps, You know, making those calls and visits to basically say goodbye. One of the most fascinating, one might think counterintuitive um, sign of suicide is a sudden period of happiness after being so depressed and so anxious for so long. And so people think, and you'll hear this all the time from survivors, they'll be like, but I thought they were getting better because they were so happy in the last few weeks. And I mean, that's a hard one to call. It's hard because... Often, and what you know, what I've learned through now the almost 19 years that my brother has since passed in my volunteering and just even in my research, unfortunately, that that uptick and that mood lift you're talking about often occurs after the person has decided to take their life and they feel relieved. Yep, they get which, this sense of relief, like okay, I figured out how I'm going to solve my problems now. Right, and um, I don't want to discount, you know, by asking you to not talk too much about your brother's situation. I don't want to discount the pain and grief that you went through and your book journals it in very, in a, in a beautiful way. Um, do you wonder sometimes if somebody knew how much it would hurt their family, that it could prevent them? I sometimes think about this tunnel vision. And again, I learned a lot more of this through volunteering and working with other families who lost a loved one to suicide. And what I learned is 
this common thread that I kept hearing from other families. And it's like, this person was very loved and they knew they were so loved, but they got this tunnel vision where the only thing they could see is a way out of their pain. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people, people who will, for example, say something like, Oh, well, I'll just kill myself. No one believes them because they look at them from the outside and they say, but Oh, they're so outgoing and they're so upbeat and they're the life of the party. Why would, or they have children, they never would, or they've had a great life, they never would. When actually statistics tell us that middle age males, white males, are the most, uh, is the demographic that takes their life most often. So we can't take it on the surface. If someone says they're going to kill themselves, that's what we have to take seriously. Exactly. So the book is called Journey of the Heart, a 17-year-old's journal after losing her brother to suicide by Katie Williams. You can find it online. Amazon. It's a good read. And I just want to reiterate, because we have to wrap up, if you're listening and you have any intrusive suicidal thoughts, especially in a period following a public person who has taken their life, someone you admired, I need you to ask for help. I want you to call that suicide hotline. What is the number again? 1-800-273-8255. 273-8255. Call a doctor. Um, tell people around you that you're suffering because we want you here with us. Okay? That's right. Um, and Katie, thank you for coming in. It's thank always you a so pleasure much. to meet people in other parts of the building. That's you're, right. You're upstairs? I'm going to come by your desk and say hi sometime. I'm on your floor, so we'll swing around the corner. Where are you, down there? I'm really close. Yeah, right around the corner. I'm going to go see you all the time. I have a new person to go visiting with. Great. Um, Good to see you. Thank you so much for coming by during this important month, Suicide Awareness Month. Thank you so much. All right.